All right, guys, what is up? We're live for the 71st installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series. Tonight we're covering the Mano Swamp. I thought it would be interesting to uh, offer a hitchhiker's guide to the Manosphere. There was a series when I was a kid. So I thought I'd here on this space. I left it about a year ago, uh, maybe longer than that. I haven't really talked much about it. People have kind of asked me on the side, why did you leave? Uh, would you ever collab with so-and-so together? Blah, blah, blah again. I just left. That's how I do things. Um, but I think that things have sort of gone in a, it's, it's kind of gone in the direction that I expected it to, you know, if I'm putting it, putting it plainly, like I saw the writing on the wall. So I want to, in this hitchhiker's guide to the space, offer a little bit of guidance and, uh, Hopefully some of the stuff you guys find useful so you get a little bit more out of it and get a little more insight on onto how to how to get the most out of it is really what it boils down to because it's just it's just like I said, it's a swamp. So I think the first thing to start with, um I got this tweet that I pinned to my thread here, and I'll probably start with that because I got a bunch of notes I want to hit on and we'll have lots of time for QA today. I did a a little bit earlier of a start time. If you're not subscribed to the channel, make sure you do hit the subscribe button so you get notified of when we go live so you don't miss these. Um, the live Q&A is always the best place and time to ask your questions about stuff. Anyway, so I'll read this through. Um, some of you may be newer to my channel. Some of you have been around for a while, but I'm sure by the end of the show, you're going to get a ton out of this, so sit tight. So guys arrive in the Mano Swamp because they have ego investments and love relationships that clash with the reality of the world. That's that's how they find it, generally speaking. When a safe world theory crashes, chaos follows. It's not uncommon for men to contemplate permanent solutions to temporary problems, aka ending themselves, okay, self, self-deletion. Um, so the safe world theory is a concept that Sean T. Smith and I talked to this point years ago. We used to do this podcast called Before the Trainwreck. You'll still find it on my old Entrepreneurs and Cars channel. Uh, Sean's a licensed clinical psychologist, uh, overall decent guy. Um, interacts with some questionable people today, but you know, it is what it is. But he cooked up this idea that men form these theories in their mind called a safe world theory. And when the reality of the world, let's say something happens, uh, she cheats on him with his best friend, uh, what happened in Vegas stays in Vegas, but he finds out about it later. She dumps him. She cucks him and has a kid uh, from another guy, but tells him it's her, uh, her his, sorry, um, divorces him. Any number of things can happen. It's usually some, some form of chaos that comes into his life. And he's like, either he goes looking for answers or one of his buddies goes, hey, read this book or check out this video is usually where it starts. So that's a starting point. So let's go on. Uh, it's not entirely men's fault, okay? They're lied to by society, culture, Hollywood, family, religion, et cetera, what we've now been calling the matrix for a while. Uh, anger, sadness, and disappointment are all legitimate responses to an injustice. There's nothing wrong with being pissed off, upset, sad, hurt, whatever it is you wanna use the, the feeling you know, to that, to that response. It's okay, it is a natural response to an injustice in your life, especially when it conflicts with a safe world theory that you build, AKA, well, I took vows to this woman and I, you know, till death do us part, blah, 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 in front of my family and her family and the church and God and all this sort of stuff. And she's still banned Kevin from sales, right? Like 
that's a violation. That's an injustice in his eyes because his ego investments are now broken. So this chaos brings men to the space. Now, it's no secret that women like to invade male spaces. And guys, generally speaking, they like it. I mean, there. <laughs> it's been said that there's groupies for every segment of you know the world except for Warcraft. But I don't know whoever invented that, but they're wrong. Um, I used to play Warcraft and I guarantee there was chicks there as well because they were on raids and in guilds and all that sort of stuff. So I put over here, what nerd would turn away gals that want to join them on a Warcraft raid comedy. Ha ha. But women, because they aren't men have, have never ever dated men or sorry, women, sorry, uh, cannot relate to the chaos men are suffering with today. They're sirens. Now, some of you may not know what a siren is. Um, Laws of Attraction, Robert Greene, he talks about one of the archetypes, which is the siren. Um, it's mentioned throughout history um, in many terms, but they're these mythical creatures that basically suck guys in uh, and then they end up getting destroyed at the end of it. It was it was a sailing uh, fairy tale, you know, like, if you will, you can go look it up. Anyway, so about one third of men under 30 are sexless. Most men are totally invisible to women today and they struggle even to get a date. They get ghosted often, lied to, betrayed, cheated on, used for the resources, get destroyed in family court, and often alienated from their children. Cut cold user, another very common problem. Some people would say maybe it's not that common, but I would argue even if you're raising another woman's uh, or, or another man's kids because you take on the burden of uh, getting involved with a single mommy, for example, that's cuckoldry. A woman uh, banging some other guy, getting knocked up by him, and then telling you that it's yours, that's cuckoldry. Uh, cuckoldry is a very broad term these days. You can go look it up. Do some, do, do some of your own research. Don't take my word for it, you know, if you will. Anyway, too many guys are raising kids that aren't theirs, even biologically. But at some point, men learn that society doesn't care about them. They're just disposable tools and must learn how to unplug and live in this reality that I talk about. Now, the funny thing is, so a few of the things I want to cover in the show is the good, the bad, what to look for, what's been happening with the gals entering the space. And this thread wanted to deal with that for the most part. So there's a bunch of stuff we're going to get into tonight. But around the time when I was still dealing in the Mano Swamp, there was a lot of conversations because there was there was a handful of gals that were in it. There was generally heavily made up, low cut tops, titties pushed out selling how to get the gal courses, right? So using flirty marketing techniques uh, to gullible, persuadable guys that thought that if they just bought their course or followed their whatever step program, uh, women would start throwing themselves at them. And of course, that would have never happened because um, that's what sirens do, right? And when I collabed with the guys in the Mano Swamp at the time, they all pretty much agreed that these women don't offer a lot of value. They can potentially be dangerous because they mislead guys and they wouldn't collab with them. They were, for the most part, ignored. Um, you know, they were just thoughts that sold courses on how to get the gals, right? Now, I think it was around late 2019. I might be mistaken. It might have been around 2020, but it was around 2019. I think probably Myron was one of the first guys to set up a podcast studio where they would sit down a bunch of gals at a table. So very innovative, totally different. Um, it was a new thing. I mean, I've known, sorry, I've known Myron for years prior to that. He was part of my community. He was one of my uh, mentees. I think overall he's done wonderful for himself. So that's good. And he, and he carved out this new genre where podcasting, sitting, sitting down at a table, a bunch of women. Now that quickly evolved into entitled, bratty, delusional, usually drunk women being used as an example 
and getting schooled in front of camera, which, which brought in a lot of eyes because that's red meat. People like drama. <laughs> they love chaos. They like a train wreck. You drive down a highway and traffic starts to slow down because your ways pops up, accident up ahead. And then sure enough, you get up there and there's a fucking train wreck on the side of the road and everybody's got to go and look at it, even though it's off the side of the road. Even the other lane coming the other way, not blocking, no traffic blocked, also has to slow down to have a look what happened over there. That's that's human nature. They, human nature loves chaos. It loves red meat. So the sit-down podcast studio model was great for capitalizing on that. But if I'm being honest, it was a total clown show. Okay, but it does get a lot of views, right? Like it's 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 chaos. It's it it's a lot of things. Anyway, so they had a whole bunch of success, and it's now one of the fastest growing segments in the Mano Swamp. You'll now start to see a lot more of these podcast tables, guests sitting around the table, usually with gals sitting at the table and a so-called expert that's going to guide you through these spaces, often using the women as an example on the show. Sometimes they're made to look quite bad, sometimes not so much. Um, but it's it's dudes talking to dudes about relationships, using thirst traps and podcast studio to get men's attention is what it boils down to. It's all about getting your eyes, and women do that. The prettier the women, the more eyes it'll get from the beauty standpoint, the more chaos that ensues from bratty, entitled, average sort of women, the more rep, you know eyes you're going to get on the red meat too. Now, what was interesting was the gals saw an opportunity to do the very same thing. Swarms of them came in, created their own shows, not looking to help men. And I'll tell you why I know this, because when you listen to the conversations, they're the exact same talking po points, no innovation whatsoever that have already been used by, you know, your, your favorite male creators that have been around for a while or have, have cooked up a lot of these ideas. Nothing new. It's, it's like... I get these clips sent to me a lot of the times from people. Please don't do that. I'm not interested in watching thoughts talking about, um, you know, men's matters. And I've, of course, clicked through and I have to watch them because I'm like, okay, what's this? And it's the same fucking thing. Like they're using the exact verbiage that's already been used. I might have said it. Somebody else in the space might have said it. But it's just a regurgitated uh, message. And they're not there to, to help you with your struggles. They're there for the attention and the money. Women have no idea what men struggle with. They, they just don't. They, it's nice when they pretend to know or they pretend to care or they might express a little bit of empathy, but at the end of the day, they truthfully don't know and they really don't care. I've said this many times. Women don't give a shit about your struggles. They hang, they hang out at the finish line and they're picking the winners. That's what women generally do. There's some exceptions to that, but on a balance of probabilities, that's how women typically behave. They're not king make makers, okay? All these women running around right now with the raw, I'm a queen, queen, boss girl, boss bitch, all that sort of stuff. These, these women think that they're queens. They're not king makers. They're not sitting around, generally speaking, waiting for you to get your game, sort out your life. If you're in your 20s, maybe. But if you're an older gentleman in your 30s, maybe in your 40s or 50s, they don't have patience for that. These women, they want to be with kings. They don't want to be king makers. Okay, that's the point of the whole women wait at the finish line and they pick the winners. That's essentially what we're talking about. Anyway, so these, so these gals, they just want guys to get it when it comes to life. Now, if these gals that are pretending to really care about men and their struggles, then they would organize, rather than just saying what's already been said, not doing anything new or different with it, like they're not innovating with it again, then they would organize themselves into tens of thousands, march down to Capitol Hill, lobby changes on hostile laws that you know are, are pushing men out of the marriage marketplace because they're like, why, why should I expose myself to that risk? I'll date, I'll go out with gals, spin plates, 
whatever, you know, whatever dating strategy they happen to build. But a lot of guys are like, why get married? There's no advantage to it, right? It's, it's all risk with very low reward. And it's the opposite for her. She's got very low risk and very high reward. So if, if these gals really cared about guys and their struggles when it, you know, when it comes to women, that's what they would be doing. Put on your pink pussy hats, march to Capitol Hill, get the laws changed that destroy men with false DV charges, paternity fraud, me too's, family law issues, all that kind of stuff, right? As far as doing the work, gals can't tell guys to do the work. Guys don't listen to their moms, you know? Guys will listen to their dads when their dads say, stop being a slob, go to the gym and lose some damn weight, right? They'll listen to their old man, but their moms, not so much. They don't listen to women with stuff like that. Women have been telling their boys for years now, you're good enough, son. Someday a gal's going to come along and she's going to like you just for who you are. Men tell their sons the truth, right? So there's a big difference. Regurgitating information on TikTok, YouTube, et cetera. These are all social media platforms and using experiences that men have collected, organized, tested, and been sharing for thousands of years is more profitable. <clears throat> Excuse me. And make no mistake, a lot of the guys in this space in the Mano Swamp, they like to lay claim to language, verbiage, ideas that they created. I, I have invented nothing here. I have just been paying attention to what's been going on and I've just accumulated this vast basket of knowledge. And I now share it with you. I share it with you in podcasts. I've written the book for you guys. There's a follow-up coming up next year. I guarantee 15,000 years ago, there was men sitting around a campfire, maybe 20 feet from where this house is built right now, and having a conversation amongst themselves after a failed hunt, or maybe they lost you know, 50% of their men to some war, you know, with a opposing tribe. And they sat there at the campfire with no food, empty stomachs, realizing they had to go back to the main camp where all the families were and the women and the children. And they were probably having a conversation along the lines of these girls, they don't care about our struggles. They're always going to pick the winners. Why does so-and-so get all the girls? Because he's the best hunter, because he's the one that kills the most of the opposing enemy. I'm sure some conversation like that happened 15 years. I did not invent that. Okay. It's just an observation. It's a lot of the same thing in the Mano Swamp. A lot of the guys that will be like, well, that's my verbiage or that's my line or whatever. I can go back to the 1980s and there's pickup artists like these, these, these PUA guys that were on Oprah uh, and other shows like that, uh, making the exact same statements that are made today, you know, 30 years later, Ross Jeffries. Uh, there's a lot of guys in the space from, you know, back in the day when they first started making, you know, recordings of this. And there was a book, I remember this book, a buddy of mine ordered, um, one of my roommates, I think I was 27 or something like that. And we'd go out to the clubs and we'd have a good time sort of thing. And at some point on the radio, um, there was one of these uh, dating guru guys who was talking on the radio station about his new book that came out. I can't remember the title of it for the life of me, but we ended up nicknaming it the Bible because it was like, he got a copy of the book and then we all read it and we all sort of passed it around. And a lot of the same stuff that was in that book is talked about today, right? So there's not a lot of new ideas, right? Like um, it's a form of nostalgia, you know, for being honest. I'll get into that in a little bit. I got some other points from uh, from my other computer. Um, where was I? Tests have been sharing thousands of years. It's obviously very profitable. It satiates uh, women's innate requirement for attention and getting resources for men, which is what they do. I mean, you look at the comments and these, and these guys... These guys are literally simping for these gals on social media. 
oh, I'd love to find a girl like you. you oh, you just get it. <laughs> you, you guys think, you guys think that these chicks are going to be any different in family law if they get divorced? You think that they're going to be more patient for a guy that's running a bunch of girls behind the scene than you know the average? They're not special. They're just they're just gals. They're all like all women are pretty much like that, right? Um, if they want to untie the knot, and family law is going to enrich them by taking the kids away from the old man or filing a false DV charge, it's entirely possible. It's a tool in the toolkit, and they may use it against you. So don't think that they're better than anybody else. They're, gals are gals. You know, the women are all the women, sort of thing, as the guys like to say. <laughs> um, anyway, so these red pill tradcon women so that's what they kind of pose to be now is they're sort of like traditional conservative they want to get right with god look unless these gals are virgins and they're being dealt with in their younger years and you know they're dealing with what it takes to be a good woman or to be a good wife at the end of the day they're not they're not changing the world there's nothing being changed here they're just covert feminists because at the end of the day if they're the type that were to get married they'd use family law against the father you know to enrich their own lives there's no uh there's no special ones out there. There's no unicorns, you know, as I like to say. So custody and resources would certainly be in play later on down the road if something like that would ever happen. Uh, truth, of matter, not, bleh, truth of matter is, okay, we talked about that. Um, da -da. Useful society, pair bonds, another angle. Yeah, so rather than gals talking to the guys, which is what they're doing, I know they don't think that they're doing that or they, they may not appreciate the gravity of what they're doing, but you're mostly talking to men. I mean, all you have to do is look at the comments of these videos. It's not, it's not women that are paying attention to it or to the degree that you purport to the public that you think that you're helping. You need, <laughs> you want to help the cows? You need to talk to them about preserving their value, right? Men's value is created. That's, that's one of the core tenets that I talk about very often. It's discussed in my book. Any of the good guys in the Mano Swamp will talk about it as well, where they'll talk about you need to level yourself up. Okay, you need to become a better version of yourself, become a competent man, you know, learn skills, lose the weight, develop some style. Like we can help men through those processes. Um, there's there's phrases that are usually, you know, distilled down to like looks, money and game or uh, money muscles game or whatever like that. It's actually a longer list than that. I did a video about a year ago and I was talking about it's more than just that. Like one of the other items is, of course, captivation, which is completely missed a lot of the times by a lot of the guys in the Mano Swamp because you can be money muscles game frame or, you know, whatever the lingo happens to be. But if you're boring as shit, doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter how jacked you are, doesn't matter how tight your game is, whether how you deal with the negs, how you deal with the, you know, the shit tests and all this sort of stuff. It doesn't matter how tight any of that is. If you're boring as fuck and you don't have anything to invite her in to do, she won't be around for very long. So there's some holes in the Mano Swamp, as I've talked about before anyway. So Women today, uh, you know, by default, they're the protected sex in society and we're expected to as guys innately know to forgive them for any bad choices that they've made in their past, like racked up a bunch of notches and been with a whole, whole bunch of guys. Doesn't matter if it's five, doesn't matter if it's 50 or 500, anything beyond one is unacceptable according to the statistical data. That is the number one predictor of a great long-term relationship or marriage, bottom line. So there's no need to fix the problem because you can make more money and get attention from thirsty, confused beta males, right? That's the problem that the gals are perpetrating on so guys you want to learn how to catch a fish you talk to a seasoned fisherman that struggles starved and experienced everything that's who you talk to you don't ask the fish i think this was patrice o'neill's line in one of his stand-up comedies 
Those are those like if you want to go back to some of the OGs, Patrice O'Neill is one of the OGs when it comes to stuff like that. He used to run this radio show. Um, I didn't listen to a lot of it, but a lot of the points that he made were all completely valid. And he and he'd go on these long rants for a long period of time. You'll find a lot of them on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and you search, you know, Patrice O'Neill radio show, you'll find stuff, or just you know, Patrice O'Neill on, on women, you'll find stuff like that. All right. Now, the Manosphere does have some good information. I am absolutely grateful for what I found and got what I needed to unplug from my own set of comforting lies. But if I'm being honest today, it's run by men that aren't good men or good at being men. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. These guys, they fight like little girls. There's a lot of drama between them. They sue over very trivial agreements, can be quite nihilistic. They lie, cheat, steal, try to hold women accountable, which is one of my favorite. Makes for good good shows though. You know, it's pretty funny. Um, that was like the whole Kevin Samuels sort of model, right? Uh, try way too hard to look smarter, more successful than they actually are. They convince low value guys that they can do stupid shit like run harems, which will never happen for them. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues with even the guy creators too. So in this, in this video, I'm going to talk about what to look for, what to stay away from and a few of the other bits, but I kind of want to open with this just to sort of set the tone. Anyway, uh, back to the gal thing. Statistically, we've seen what a bad job single moms have done with raising men. There's a lot of data out on this. You can go look it up. Uh, the vast majority of the incarcerated, teenage pregnancies, shitty high school uh, grades, uh, gang activity, uh, runaway from home, suicide attempts. The vast majority of all degen sort of teenage uh, activity comes from single mother households, unfortunately. Um, they haven't done a great job at raising men. They, they basically create beta factories that rarely produce the high value men that women want. What single mother households generally produce are kind, humble. They basically create the kind of guy that they want to look after them as they get older. Um, they don't create the kind of guy that they wanted to be with when they were younger, when they were seeking, you know, the strong, virtuous alpha male sort of thing. They create these weak, pussified, compliant, agreeable, soft beta males that they often just tell, just be yourself and someday some gal will come along for you at some point. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes, obviously, now that you're starting to see this, right? Uh, now women, they have the fastest growing niche, uh, leading damaged, thirsty, and confused men that they really can't relate to for what's essentially boiled down to attention and money. It's essentially only fans for the red pill. It's what it is. Calling it like it is, right? I could go on. I'll save it for another day. So my advice overall is take what you need, do the work, get out. Um, I mean, I really tried when I was in the sandbox, but until the Manosphere can fix all of its problems and return it to a male-only space, it's always going to be the Manoswamp. It's always going to have its own set of problems. <clears throat> so anyway, so there's that Twitter thread. You guys can throw uh, questions in the chat as I'm, as I'm kind of going through this. I've got... I've got easily another hour to sort of finish all this and take some questions too. But we'll get through as much as we can. All right. <clears throat> Let's grab the laptop now. Because I got a few notes on one of the chapters I'm working on in my book. So I might as well uh, drop this on you guys tonight. Uh, remove. No, actually, we'll throw this up here. Got a few more questions for that. Boom. All right. <clears throat> so how do we navigate this damn space? The Hitchhiker's Guide. What's good? What's bad? Um, ton more here. Okay. So 
let's deal with the definition. Actually, you know, like a lot of my better friends today that I that I still deal with, they you know they run in business circles. And I was working out with a buddy of mine. He's a he's an entrepreneur. I've known him for quite a few years, and he was asking about what I was up to, um, why he doesn't see me on certain shows anymore. And I put it to him like this. I'm like, you know, you've been to Vegas, right? Anybody that's been to Vegas should know this or has done it a number of times. Like Las Vegas is a place that I used to go to quite a bit in my late 20s and early 30s. Uh, more so, I think in my early 30s, I think it's when my business started to really pick up steam and momentum and I had the ability to travel more and party and do all that sort of stuff. But we used to go a lot. Like we used to go maybe a couple of times a month. Uh, we'd go on a Friday and leave Sunday night. So it was a place that you'd get to and you'd be like, this is awesome. Like you were stoked to get there. Parties to go to, the clubs, bottle service, all the hot women, all that stuff. You were just happy to get there. But by the time Friday came around and you were hung over from drinking your face off, doing all kinds of stupid shit for the entire weekend, Sunday night, you're ready to get back to the airport and hop on the plane. And you were just as happy to leave the damn place as you were to get to it. The manosphere is a lot like that, which is why I call it the manoswamp. Because it's a place that you're usually generally glad that you found but it's also a place that a lot of guys when they leave they're very happy to leave too so a lot of people make arguments oh you can never leave or if you're still you know having these conversations you're still part of the mano swamp whatever they can say whatever they want <clears throat> the fact of the matter is there's there is some good information actually let's deal with that somebody asked me in the comments here on the on the community tab well what is good information okay well let's talk about books i'll get into youtube channels in a, a minute but I think as far as written resources, because if you're an authority in an area, you probably have written a book, you know, at the end of the day. And there's and there's some pretty good books out there. Actually, I, took a, I think one of the early books that I that I came across. So shout out to Aaron Cleary, because I think it was Bachelor Pad Economics was one of the first ones. And then I got uh, recommended the Rational Mail. Rational Mail book one and two is is definitely a must read the other ones you can probably leave them it's it's just it's just sort of like the extended remix like you get everything you need out of the first two books so book wise i'd get into aaron cleary stuff he's got some interesting takes on life he's kind of like a real um going your own way sort of guy funny dude um and probably one of the better authors out there he's you know he's easy to follow when you read his books so Bachelor Pad Economics, uh, and he's got a few other in the series, so I check out Bachelor Pad for sure. Rational Mail Book One and Two. Uh, I would definitely read Evo Psych books. Probably your best bet if you were to pick one would be David Buss's The Evolution of Desire. Funny story. There's guys in the Mano Swamp that call him Blue Pill. <laughs> All he's presenting is statistical data, organized and studied correctly to the public. Um, so, you know, you take it for what it's worth. That's why I find a lot of the stuff in the Mano Swamp, uh, laughable. And of course my book, the unplugged alpha, um, where's the damn book Got keyboards everywhere. Oh, mommy. I just went off the page. Um, you want to get that book. Okay. So this is a, this is what Aaron Cleary called the best, most digestible condensed instruction manual to the red pill I found in red. That's Aaron's quote. I sent him a copy of the book after I wrote it, and he did a little bit of a review on it. Let me get that out of the way. <clears throat> so those would be the main ones. Um, beyond that, just trying to think what else is good that's been researched. David Buss has some very good papers, by the way. 
Um, you can get into some of Gad's sad stuff because he covers a lot of the uh, components of attraction and arousal in many of his uh, lectures and books too. I'd stay away from Jordan Peterson. He gets he gets a little bit too trad conny. Um, although I know he helps a lot of guys, so you know we'll just say that. I did a video a few weeks ago on the Daily Wire uh, three part series that he put out there privately behind the paywall. So I watched his series on marriage. And I shared my thoughts on that. So you can go back a couple of weeks if you want to see my thoughts on what Jordan Peterson talks about with marriage. Uh, the the TLDR version is um, I would not rely on his opinion for marriage. OK, so we'll just say that. Now, if you Google the Manosphere, uh, the definition that you're going to get online is probably something along the lines of uh, the Manosphere is a collection of websites, blogs, YouTube channels and online forums promoting to varying degrees masculinity, dating advice, misogyny, and strong opposition to feminism. Communities within the Manosphere include men's rights activists. So these are the MRAs. Not very effective, uh, but they're out there trying to do something. The incels, which are the involuntary celibates. These are the guys that want to be with women but have absolutely no luck. Uh, the men that are going their own way, which are very similar to the incels. But I mean, technically, they should have chosen to go the own way and not be sent their own way. So there's a distinction there that you have to consider. I covered MGTOW, by the way, in a chapter in my book, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. The pickup artists and the father's rights groups. Um, so those would be the main definitions you'll get if you search for that. So they just say, this is the manosphere. Okay, so they might technically say, I'm in the manosphere because a lot of the conversations that I have, it might capture Jordan Peterson, it might capture Gad Saad, it might capture Andrew Tate, um, you know, by that definition. But most guys will disassociate from it because it has a very, very bad PR um, issue. Uh, anytime there's a shooting, somebody like a, a school shooting, somebody rents a van and drives over a bunch of people like that nerd did in uh, Toronto, they'll immediately blame the manosphere. Okay. Um, and you'll notice in this definition you'll find online, they use the word misogyny, which is a very strong word. I don't think the manosphere is for the most part, misogynist, you'll probably find some misogynists in there. But generally speaking, I wouldn't say as a whole, the manosphere is misogynist. I think that most, sorry, not most, I would say there's a good number of, of, of guys in the manosphere that are genuinely uh, on point, are speaking from a good position of authority. And you should probably have a, have a listen to them. And I'll talk about some of the YouTube channels in a little bit. But that's the definition. Let me keep scrolling down here on some of the notes. So I've got a chapter in my follow-up book. I'm going to, I'm going to get into detail. It's about, fuck, it's 14 pages long right now. So um, maybe I'll whittle this down or I don't know, maybe I'll even add to it, but it's, but it's a little bit of a, a guide from the perspective as, of a writer. I'm not going to cover everything in this video. So here's a few of the problems. One of the things I was talking about when creating this video is I wanted to get into a lot of the issues with the Mano Swamp. And one of them is the drama red meat component. Um, it is prolific in this space. I've dealt with a bunch of different industries, credit card debt relief, collections, entrepreneurs, uh, young entrepreneur startup groups. I've, I spent a lot more time in entrepreneurs org than I did in the Mano Swamp, if I'm being honest. And it was a group of mostly guys. There were some gals in it who were also very effective and productive as well. But good friends would never slander each other publicly um, anywhere. Uh, they were often 
you know, getting together for Christmas parties, introducing each other, family sort of thing. They'd have a pool party in the summer. Your kids would be running around. Very comfortable environment. They're the kind of people that you'd want to have over to dinner, you know, with your kids sitting at the table and you feel comfortable with them being there. I can't say the same for a lot of the Man of Swamp characters, right? Um, so with EO moving into the Man of Swamp, I saw something that was really completely different. And it didn't hit me very quickly, but it, but it hit me. <laughs> it hit me. Um, you know, you would see guys fight over the most trivial things, and then they would use their platform to manufacture drama between their audience and then the other creator's audience. Uh, in some cases, there have been guys in the manosphere that have had to take security measures to protect their family from the rabid lunatics that some of the other creators would mobilize. Um, it's not a very collaborative space. And even if it does collaborate, it doesn't seem to do so for a very long period of time. Um, in the time that I was there, I did almost three speaking gigs at a live conference. I definitely did two and I was lined up for a third. Uh, I walked away from that because that was turning into serious problems. I collaborated on a panel show twice, two different panel shows, both of which I also founded. Um, and had to leave them both as well. So, I mean, like even internally, when you work with people, there's still problems. Um, it's not a productive space. Like I said, it's got, not only does it have a PR issue, but it has an internal issue with collaborating, bickering, infighting, straw manning, ad hom attacks, doxing, underhanded childish behavior is actually very common. Some of you have probably seen it. Some of you will see it if you're newer to the space. But it is going to come your way. And if it has come your way and you're still around, I'm going to say this. You're stupid for sticking around. Okay? Um, it's not a place that you need to subscribe to. You're, you don't have diabetes. You don't have to stick around and have them keep selling, sending you medicine every single month. Okay? I know Big Pharma wants you on that model. They want your health on their plan. And there's maybe some degree where there's some creators in the Mana Swamp that wants your love life or your personal life hooked into their uh, dopamine hits, you know, for example. You can learn what you need to learn and you can leave, okay? The Man of Swamp's like training wheels on a bicycle. For you to learn basics around attraction, arousal, what women really respond to, how to maintain frame, how to keep the gals around, um, you know, all of those elements, a lot of the stuff I've talked about in a book, a lot of the stuff I've talked about in my prior videos on this channel, my other channels, I've covered a lot. Um, I've been doing this since 2016 or 17. I mean, I started the channel in 2014 and it was about two years in. So maybe 2016 that I started having these conversations. And then that's when they sucked me in, right? I had about maybe 80 to 100,000 subs. That's when the Manosphere came for me. Like I didn't look for it. It just said, hey, we have the speaking event. Hey, let's collab on this sort of thing. And I was happy to do it because I wanted to help. I wanted guys to get the same clarity that I did. I'm a problem solving creature. I've always told guys that follow me for entrepreneur's advice, one of the most important skills you need to develop is your problem-solving muscle. So I wanted to solve problems for myself. And I saw it as, hey, there's some good resources here. So let's amplify them. There was a lot of guys that were just anon uh, bloggers or maybe just on Twitter um, using a, a pen name. And I, I would amplify them. I would say, hey, you know, I've read your book or... I like this about something that I've read from you on your blog. So let's, so let's amplify that on, you know, my channel that I've introduced into my audience. And a lot of those guys are, you know, producing now as a result of that. So that's what I stepped into. A lot of, a lot of people that, uh, 
you know, are very interesting characters. Like I said, bickering, infighting, straw manning, very common. People that befriend, befriend you, betray you. Uh, it's very disloyal and arrogant and stupid. It's, you know, it's a lot of things. Uh, we talked about amplifying drama. I think I talked about why I played in the sandbox, so I can kind of skip over that. Uh, I'll tell you why these groups stay underground. They never really go mainstream. One of the questions that I was always asked for quite a few years was, how do we get this mainstream? How do we get this to mo more guys? And the problem is, is you're never going to get it to more guys because most guys, they don't want to hear this. They just don't. It, it's, it's as soon as you like, you know, if, if a guy's having a problem with his girlfriend and maybe her eyes are starting to wander and then you just come up to me and you go, well, you know, Bob, women don't care about your struggles. They hang out at the finish line and they pick the winner. And here's a video from Rich Cooper. You should check this out. They'll just look at you like you've got, you know, four eyeballs across your forehead and an antler sticking out that way. They just don't understand. They're not ready for it. They're only ready to receive these messages when chaos has hit their life. And that's and that's how they usually find it. It's unfortunate that that's the way that guys operate. But it is what it is. That's how guys, you know, solve these problems. <clears throat> so it stays fringe because it can't organize, agree and collaborate in a productive manner. It's like a bus with about 80 seats on it. And every member of the bus is trying to be in the driver's seat and constantly fighting over every little detail. Oh, why don't you debate me on this, that, or the other thing? It's one of my other favorites too. Let's have a debate. <clears throat> they focus on descriptions for the most part, but fail to provide solutions or prescriptions, which is what I've always been doing. Um, I won't have a conversation on a topic without offering you guys valuable solutions to that problem. I'm a solutions guy. Like I'll identify the problem, educate myself on it, learn how the rules work, and then I'll offer a solution to it. Just how I roll. Okay. But the difference is, is that the whole space knows that red meat sells, right? If you can, if you can produce a good amount of red meat and get eyeballs with your thumbnails, titles, and tags, you've got views. It's, I'm going to tell you guys straight up, you want to create a YouTube channel and uh, create drama between creators or even create like a news channel. I'm sure there's an opportunity out there to create a Mano Swamp news channel, Mano Swamp Daily, you know, you can call it. And then you can break down all the drama that happens between all the creators because I, I bet you'd get eyeballs on that. People would watch that because people like drama. They like the car accident. Everybody looks at the stupid car accident, even when it's off the road. They just love that shit. It's easy way, you know, to get uh, views. Uh, let me minimize that. Uh, I mean, a simple formula is you could pick a popular name, craft a clickbaity uh, thumbnail, talk about why they're wrong, uh, try to dig up some dirt. And if you can't, just make it up. Boom. Just like that, you're going to get tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of views. Um, scroll down here. I'm not going to talk about clout chasing. I'll cover that in more detail in that chapter. Sirens. We talked about sirens already in the tweet. <clears throat> uh, again, the biggest problem with the women in the space is their solipsism doesn't allow them to fully comprehend what men struggle with. And that's what men are looking for. That's what, that's what they're looking for when they watch these women talk. Like they're, they want these women to understand them. They want them to see their plight and agree with them. They're not there to level themselves up. They're not there to do 25 push-ups and make an extra $25,000 this year. 
uh, create some style for themselves. They're there to just watch the gals talk. And as you're doing it, you're essentially simping because it's an unfair exchange. And they're getting their attention, the validation, and the money out of you know whatever it is that you're throwing their way. Fine. <clears throat> but again, they don't care about your struggles. They're at the finish line picking the winner. Women are not kingmakers. They want to find a king. These queens, they don't want to be kingmakers. They want to find kings. That's how they are, right? And of course, you know, they're past their SMV. They're entering, you know, the space. Um, and it's at, it's at the wrong time. There's no woman in her early 20s that you're going to capture and fix her before she runs through a bunch of guys, makes a whole bunch of bad decisions. They just don't exist. But it's very, very easy for them, even young ones, you know, to get a bunch of microphones and cameras and have people sit around and just talk about concepts that I talked about years ago with a bunch of other guys, you know. Anyway, there's no red pill female unicorn. So I hope that point, you know, has been made clear. But beauty gets views, right? So whether you're the guy running the podcast, putting gals at the table, that beauty will get views. Whether you're a gal sitting in a room and they're generally... It's weird because there's a spectrum. It, it doesn't even matter if they're very attractive of, or if they're very average. In fact, I would probably argue the average at best, to quote Kevin Seven, Kevin Samuels, I love that line. I'd probably argue the average at best gals that are regurgitating lines sounding like the guys, but offering no new solutions or anything like that, really just saying what's already been said. They probably get more views than the ones that you sit at the table with the hot girls. I don't think the hot girls are as relatable to the guys that are really struggling. Anyway. Um, now, I said earlier when I was reading the tweet, a lot of these guys, when I was in the space, and this is one of the things that really bugged me because we pretty it was pretty much unanimous. Why are they here? There's only one or two of them. Who cares? Yeah, they're probably dangerous and they're leading guys you know, down the wrong path. Let them put their, their boobs out and sell their courses. Who cares? You know, only fans for the red pill, let them do it, whatever. And they said that they would never collaborate with them. Strangely, though, in the last year, there's been a lot of collaborations done with guys in the Mano Swamp with the, the gals. Why? Because it gets the attention. It brings the eyeballs into the show. They figured that out, right? Fresh and Fit started that sequence of events. And then the other people watching that were like, huh, that works. It's got a big table and some microphones and some chairs and some lighting, and we'll all go do the same sort of thing. So you want to start up a podcast? That's how you make it successful. There you go. I just gave away the cheat codes. <clears throat> now, I'll be honest. I think a lot of these gals are really trying to see things from a man's point of view, but they just, unless you have male levels of testosterone, a penis, and you've dealt with the rejection and the difficulties that men deal with in life, you'll just never understand it. You just, you just don't have a, a clue, unfortunately. One of the other bizarre things that popped up time and time again in the Mano Swamp was a very strong obsession with uh, notch counts. Let me just get rid of this tea bag here. <clears throat> and um, it's weird, if I'm being honest. I was talking to Tate about this about a week ago when I had him on the plane to win. In my experience, there's two types of men you can't trust. The guy that obsesses over his notch count and getting laid all the time and a guy that can't get laid. Both of them, because of that obsession, will throw you under the bus when it's convenient for them to scratch that itch. It's the same reason why generally 
successful business people don't do business or hang around with very unsuccessful business people, right? Because if they're poor, they're struggling for money and they see you driving nice things and having nice cars and do like doing nice stuff with your life, taking nice vacations, you got a nice gal, then they start to get envious and jealous and they'll look for ways to sort of like accelerate their success, usually at your expense. So tip for entrepreneurs, stay away from people that aren't already successful. If, you know, if your book of business is, is great, your network is great, you don't, you have no reason to get involved with somebody that may look shady. If you lay with dogs, you will get fleas. Okay. That's what it boils down to. Anyway, it's an unhealthy obsession. I get in more detail on that part of that. Um, I'm not going to go over that. Where are we at? 822. Oh, posers. Another element. I'll get to these super chats and stuff in a sec, guys. Um, so I've got this bit here that I think I'm going to leave in the chapter, but I'm going to basically, you know, read it out to you. So when I rode sport bikes in my twenties with friends, and I talked about why every guy should have a motorcycle in my first book. When I rode sport bikes with my friends, we were hardcore. Okay. Like it was not uncommon for your, your knees or the corners of your shoes to get uh, scuffs and scrapes on them. And we didn't have race suits. We didn't wear leather race suits with knee pucks. Like we were that hardcore. We would just wear jeans and you'd sometimes get like a, a scuff or something like that on your knee or your foot might come off the peg because it scrubbed against the ground because you're leaning so hard. One of the easiest ways for us, you know, while we were racking up miles to separate the wheat from the chaff, the guys that were posers versus the ones that were great riders. And you know, let me just scroll down over here a little bit was to deal with the tires. Bike tires are rounded. They allow grip. And the more you lean over the bike, obviously the bike tire will wear more as you lean over. Okay. The faster you go, the more lean angle you need and subsequently the outer tire. And we always looked at the front tire. You never look at the rear tire, by the way, the front tire would wear closer to the edge. So that would be a hardcore rider. We didn't want to take guys along that were potentially going to get hurt, hold us up, try to keep up with us, put us in danger, put themselves in danger. So if a guy was like, Hey, you know, cause we were at a, a cafe or a coffee shop, let's go for a ride. Or, you know, can you show me around sort of thing? The first thing we'd look at was a front tire because we didn't want posers with us. It was just our thing, right? So that's how we fact, fact check them. Uh, we didn't want any sort of problems, right? You know, at the end of the day. Now, that's the definition of what we would call, you know, a poser at that time. Poser or liars exist every, everywhere. There's no checks or balances. You won't see them in business organizations or in entrepreneurs groups like the stuff that I was doing, you know, before I, I uh, tripped into the mantle swamp because market exposes posers very, very quickly. Okay, like like the real market exposes them. But the problem is, is when you're on a blog or on Twitter, you're a non, you use a pen name, you're, um, you know, you're on YouTube, you can, boiler room, act as if, right? You can act as if whatever you want. So you can dupe people pretty easily. Um, we talked about posers being everywhere. Okay, so here's a few points. Actually, there's more than a few points. How many of these should I read? How many of you guys want to hear? So this is what I came across without naming names or anything specific. This is, this is stuff that I came across. Okay. Claims that their dating systems would allow them to only date gorgeous women, but were revealed to be in relationships with older single moms have criminal records. And in some case being forced to move because they're running from the law claiming to be a multimillionaire with several successful businesses only to be discovered 
renting a house, not owning a car, living with family. Some of them even got men incarcerated for following their systems and techniques, right? It's just sell, 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 do this. And then there was actually guys that ended up getting incarcerated for following the techniques. Like there's, there's a lot of awkward guys, you know, that have social anxiety, they're anxious and they don't know how to make approaches or, or talk to women. So who was it? Ross Jeffries. Um, there's another guy. Somebody said, you know, at some point giving them this information is like giving dynamite to children sort of thing. Um, so it can be problematic for guys that are that are socially awkward and don't know how to deal with it properly, right? I mean, like we live in a Me Too era today, right? Um, let me skip that one. You can read the book for that one. I'll skip that one. You can read the book. Uh, says that they're a world-class PUA and can teach you to seduce and sleep with beautiful women, but is exposed for hiring prostitutes to be paid actors in their retreats. So they would... Uh, they would get these socially awkward guys together in a city and say, look, you know, we're going to take you out sarging tonight, which would be like, you know, we're going to take you out to the club sort of thing. And we're going to show you how to do pickup. And they would hire prostitutes um, and place them so that the, so they take them to the clubs. They basically like, OK, so talk to that girl over there because, you know, she's 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 prime. She's by herself. She's you know, she's wearing whatever. Go talk to her and use the lines. And they would, of course, reciprocate because they were paid to you know, to follow through and then sleep with these guys. That's really disingenuous. Like, like that's like, that's an asshole move. Like that's a shit move. Right. And to top it off, there was also a recorded conversation they heard at one point where the dude was like talking to his assistant, go and hire the prostitutes and send them over there. But before you do send them over to my apartment, cause I want to have a go at them before they get to them. So this is what goes on behind the scenes. Man, this is a long list. Tells you to do the work, lift weights, eat well, get restful sleep, stays up all hours of the night, and gets liposuction instead of doing the work themselves. Oh, here's one. Goes on about having strong frame in their own long-term relationship, but is revealed to have no frame in his own relationship, and his girlfriend is physically abusive to him, like beats his ass. Um... Tells men not to listen to dating, female dating coaches, then works with them. Others, there's always those guys that are like, I've got a notch count of 2,772. And then they admit to banging biological males that are uh, trannies, tra transsexuals. Oh, and my all-time favorite, last one. I'll leave the rest in the, the chapter. So I was talking to a guy once that runs an OnlyFans agency that has a lot of girls under his... Uh, you know, like in his book of business, you may have even seen me interview this man on my channel at one point. And we were talking about somebody during the show and he didn't want to tell me the name of the person. I'm pretty sure it's in this podcast. <clears throat> but after the podcast, he sent me the proof. First, there was a tweet where this particular individual from the Mano Swamp was openly saying that anybody that gives money to OnlyFans models is a simp and they're a loser. And then he shows me a screenshot of this same individual with their email address sending money to one of his OnlyFans models, right? So this is the dichotomy of the space. It's 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 not well-organized, honest, virtuous. Like if there was men standing up sort of thing, you know when you go to like a wedding or something like that or there's like a, 
a guy that gets an award for something and then there's the MC and he's like, you know, so-and-so, he's just a stand-up guy, right? There's there's not a lot of people in that space that are good men or, or good at being men. So you'd really never have the conversation like he's a stand-up guy. Information can be good though. I'm going to get to what channels I think you should follow beyond the book. So anyway, I'll leave the rest of it to stay in the book. I don't want to drone on about it. Um, you guys ever hear that song, Everyone's Free to Wear Sunscreen? Um, I think it was popular about 20 years ago. Boz Lurman, I think I'm mispronouncing his name, was the guy that wrote it. There was a line from that song, and it read, Be careful whose advice you buy, but be patient with those who supply it. Advice is a form of nostalgia. Dispensing it is a way of fishing the past from the disposal, wiping it off, painting over the ugly parts, and recycling it for more than it's worth. That's essentially the advice that you're getting when you're when you're listening to guys talk in the manosphere, the manoswamp. It's a form of nostalgia. It's it's basically conversations that have been rehashed with the nasty parts wiped off. It's painted a little prettier and it's sold for more than what it's worth. It's recycled for more more than what it's worth. So I've already talked about people, you know, claiming ideas that they didn't really create. No honor amongst thieves. You guys know I'm a fan of Jack Donovan. He's written several books, Way of Man, Becoming a Barbarian, you know, stuff like that. Big into uh, tribalism and masculinity. Men form tribes. Uh, men of honor will protect the tribe. They'll draw a perimeter around it. And they don't really have a lot of patience for weak member of the tribes or other members of the, of the tribe that disparage leadership in the tribe. Uh, it's been said that the mark of a true friend is that he will insult you to your face and defend you to your back. Okay. Why don't you think about that for a sec? Because the best friends you've ever had in your life, if you go back on it, were always the ones that were like, you know, I'm not going to use slanderous terms, but we would walk up to each other and use uh, very unpolitically correct terms that you can't even say today on YouTube, you know, because we'll get you banned. But you'd walk up to your buddy and you'd just be like, ha, right? And he'd be like, what's up, my man? It just, you know, like you'd have, you'd have a laugh and you were bro sort of thing. Like you would always insult them to their face, but you would always defend them behind their back because they were your boys. That's what true friendship is. Fake friendships are the ones that are kind to your face and pretend to like you to your face, but then talk shit behind your back. Very big distinction, big difference. Now, remember, gossiping is a feminine trait and he who gossips to you will gossip about you. I'm not going to reveal discussion points, but I will say that there was a lot of discussion groups like group chats that I was in, and there was a lot of gossip, right? Um, I'm not going to get into the socially awkward, uh, the envious ones, the jealous ones, the disgusting emotions tied around that. Oh, there's always the association of crypto scams now too. Look, we've got 20,000 coins listed on coin, 21,000 coins listed on coin market cap. And there's still guys in the Mano Swamp saying, buy this, you're guaranteed a 20,000 X, you'll get a 48% APY or some shit like that. Do this, that, and the other thing. Or, or the NFT is the other thing that drives me nuts. Like you're paying for an overpriced JPEG, okay? You're paying for a shit, what's essentially a shitty picture that has no future value in exchange for some junk. And it's not just in the Mano Swamp, guys. Like, like these, like these crypto scams, these NFT scams, they're out there. There was one the other day that I shared on my Twitter feed. Coffeezilla did um, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, one of the Paul Dorks. 
And um, he's, you know, he had the zoo egg, like the zoo NFT, same, same sort of structure. You know, you sell these overpriced things for a bunch of money and you give away some crap along with it. Um, look, when guys are struggling to deal with women and they may not be at the top of their game when it comes to money. I mean, if you're shilling something just to increase your bag, like, you know, like your bag of coins, whatever it is that you happen to hold out of those 21,000, or if you're selling JPEGs to guys, like it's not going to solve their problems. Doing 300 pushups in a day, learning how to make more money. Those are the sorts of things that'll solve your problems. Going to the gym, picking up heavy shit and putting them down. Those are all things that are within your control, right? Like you don't need to associate with any of that stuff. It's 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 really like, it's very underhanded, you know, in my opinion. Pen names, bizarre thing, but hi, my name is Rich Cooper. That was the birth name. It's on my birth certificate. I've always used that name. I'm proud of my name and I like my family name. Unusually, there is a disproportionately like a very high number of guys, it seems, in the Mano Swamp that don't use real names. They use aliases or they use pen names. In some cases, they don't show their face. In some cases, it doesn't matter. Like I remember uh, Black Label Logic, Carl. He was another guy that disappeared from the Mano Swamp. He used to do some panel shows. Good dude. He always had like an avatar on and a voice disguiser. And I remember one time, you know, before the show, he didn't have the voice disguiser on, on and he turned on his camera and, uh, you know, I was talking to him. He's a really good looking dude and he's got his life sorted and he was already successful, you know, before it's just, he wanted to sort of contribute to the manosphere. But like most guys, when they see it for what it is, they get fed up with it and they fucking bounce. They just get out. It's usually the successful guys that bounce. Um, now there's certain situations where the use of an alias might be appropriate for a guy like Carl. Um, he had an important job that would have probably uh, paid him well into six figures, I would imagine. And why would you want to compromise that to offer an opinion online on YouTube when hanging out with a bunch of other guys, right? Like in a situation like that, I get it. But I think that there's, I think it's overused, right? Um, so there's certain situations where the use of an alias might be appropriate. So it's a made up pen name using, using place of a birth name. Um, so for example, like when offering a public opinion that might get you fired from your job, like, you know, in Carl's example, but historically only criminals have done this to protect their true identity for fear of being exposed and the consequences that follow. So it raises a lot of questions around what's being hidden. And you'll see a lot of stuff that's hidden, right? Running from the law, bankruptcies, foreclosures, uh, you know, there's all kinds of interesting things, let's say that, you know, have, have been left behind whatever. You know what I mean? Anyway, long story short, lay with dogs, get fleas. Um, I introduced a, a golden rule for myself. And that golden rule was don't work with losers or people that work with losers. Um, to further define it, you know, if anybody's an obvious fraud, liar, poser, incompetent, or dangerous, then I would categorize that in the loser category. I mean, it's a simple rule right? You lay with dogs, you're going to get free, uh, fleas. I had a mentor 20 years ago told me this and it's like, it, it makes sense, right? Like why would you get involved with, you know, with people that are going to cause problems for you? Don't work with losers or people that work with losers and your life will be clean and you'll be just fine. Anyway, um, those are kind of like the main talking points. Let me get to some of these super chats that popped up there. <clears throat> Fun fact, I think I've done about seven hours of uh, video today. 
so my voice is a little bit messed up I'm trying to make the best out of it where's my other keyboard there it is okay <clears throat> uh let's get the super chat here dude says hey don't call me rick i like richard rich you know Mr. Cooper's even fine, if you like. It's been a pleasure devouring all your content ever since I discovered your existence. Uh, this is completely off topic, but what is your net worth? See, that's that's one of the socially awkward questions that you'll get asked in the Mano Swamp. What is your net worth? It's like, yeah, why don't I tell you where I bank, uh, where my assets are, what they are? Like, there's certain things, like you want the internet to know as little as possible about you. There's 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 rabid people out there. I mean, take a look at how I dress. I'm wearing a nice tailored shirt. You can take a look at the cars that I drive. You can sort of establish whether or not somebody is legit in the seven or eight or nine figure category just by looking at their lifestyle. Smarter guys will downplay it. Um, I think generally speaking, some of the some of the most successful guys that I met in EO, um, up to eight figure guys, um, $50, $100 million companies, a lot of them, they didn't drive fancy cars. They, you know, they might have had one and it stayed in the garage, but their daily driver was like a Toyota Highlanders or something like that, or maybe like a, a Lexus. Um, there's not a lot of guys that will, like legit rich people don't flash a lot of wealth, you know, for being honest. So interesting question. Thank you for asking it, but that's a pass. You know, whenever people ask me questions that get too personally, it's always a pass, guys. You know, <clears throat> I mean, Google, you know, Google will will tell you about me and my businesses and what I've done and, you know, the awards that I've gotten. If, you know, if you want to verify who I am, that's my real name. You'll actually find me on the internet because I don't use a pen name. I don't use an alias. This is really me. Um, all right. Oh, so let me grab the invite link so you guys can hop in and ask questions. That will be posted to the YouTubes. Uh, so hop in and ask a Q live. And I'll just drop the StreamYard link and you guys can click that and hop in and join the show and ask me whatever you want. That is pinned to the top of the YouTubes. And if you guys are watching this elsewhere, now is a really good time to, I'm going to click, drop that link for the YouTube channel. So head on over to YouTube, subscribe, leave Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, wherever else you are right now and come watch the show with the other gang, especially if you want to ask questions. Um, let me go up over here. There's a few other questions I had on the feed. There's some good ones here. Uh, student, unsee the truth, mail space, got the book, translate the book. Uh, guys asking between box. No, that's not a question for the man of swamp. Keeping the good fight. Oh, there's a guy that said, LOL, you never left the Manosphere. All the red pill guys are still on your channel interacting with you. Maybe viewers, um, but I don't interact with, again, I don't work with losers or people that work with losers. You know, like it's a simple rule. Don't lay with dogs, you won't get fleas. Um, so if you see me host somebody on the channel, it's because I have a higher opinion of them and I've, and I've set higher standards. I mean... You know, I talked about this about a year ago in one of the videos on the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel. You want to get better results out of life, increase your standards, right? Uh, increase your standards for the women that you're going to deal with. Don't tolerate uh, bullshit women. Don't tolerate bullshit friends. Don't tolerate bullshit opportunities. 
Um, there's a lot of bullshit out there. Uh, Mano Swamp, uh, would like to see your picks on individuals and channels in, in, uh, in terms of consuming content. Okay, yeah, so that's a good question. So disclaimer, I don't watch long form content. I hate it, you know. Um, I have a, a feed on one of my channels and I'll log in and it's like, you know, if there's an eight minute video that might be interesting from a creator that I might like, I might watch it. If there's a creator that I might like that has a five hour video, I won't watch it. I can't stand that. It's, it's blah, blah, fucking blah. Okay. It's just like, there's, there's 24 hours in a day. And if you're, you know, if you're allocating, where's my damn calculator? It's broken now. Fucking thing. But if you're allocating five hours out of 24 hours to watch somebody just go on about a topic, you probably need to do some push-ups, okay? You probably need to go learn some kind of fighting skill. You probably have time in your day to go make a lot more money, okay? Just saying. So as far as content that I would consume, um, I'll tell you what, I think one of the better ones out there that some guys don't like is... I mean, my stuff, obviously, so I'll just set that aside. Um, probably Coach Red Pill's original channel. Um, his videos were like 8 to 12, 8 to 15 minutes long, speaking from experience. Not a handsome guy, overweight, obviously. You know, who the hell knows what's going on with him today? I mean, you know, he's kind of pivoted and, and shifted. He's kind of gone in a bit of a weird direction. Uh, but those older videos were quite good. Um I used to watch some MGTOW channels, you know, back in the day in, in 2016. MGTOW 101, Miggy 101. I don't know where he's at. Shout out to him. But he had a he had an interesting way of taking uh, clips and then commenting on them in a way that would provide use and, and solutions. I, I don't even know if his channel's around. I think they might have taken it down. He might have been docs, but if but if you've watched it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, who else does good short, shorter form sort of content that that's dense, that has solutions? My channel and that's it really. Um, Clips channels are actually pretty good. Um, so if you have a long form content creator that might have useful information, I would, I would watch the clips. Um, you know, five to 15 minute clips are usually pretty productive. It's got to be dense, man. It's, you know, like it's got to get to the point. Here's a problem. Here's a solution. That's it. I don't need a fucking 37 or 87 step plan and why this is that and the other thing. And it's like, just get to the fucking point. There's other things to do in life. And you do not need to spend your life in the man of swamp. Trust me. I spent the time in it, got what I needed. I know everything I fucking need to know. There's absolutely nothing new. If I if I go in and I start watching clips or I start watching somebody else's channel or somebody says, hey, you got to watch this video with this new um, OnlyFans for Red Pill gal. And it's like, okay, good video. But I said the exact same thing in fucking 2017. Okay, good video. But I heard Rolo say that as well too. Uh, okay, good video. But that was on Coach Red Pill, you know, back in the day as well. So it's like, why, you know? like they they truthfully don't understand deal with you want to learn how to catch fish yes the fisherman simple as that so there's some recommendations for you clips uh those would be the channels that i would recommend but probably clips are a good source um and an easy way to establish if it's decent content is usually if it's got views on it not always sometimes it's red meat but usually if it's got views it it might be useful but you don't need to spend years in it guys i mean 
read the books that I talked about, watch a few channels, get what you need, and then kind of move on and make sure that you're leveling yourself up. I think that the leveling yourself up part is not, it's not embraced by viewers enough and it's not emphasized enough by, by people creating. Do the fucking work, like I've always said, right? Um, there's always weird questions. What what's your what's the deal, Rich, with Rolo's hair situation? He said it's real, but I'm highly suspect. Literally, it's it's like right here, right? Like people people throw the most bizarre stuff in this tab, and if he's actually lying about, like, who cares? Who gives a shit if his hair is real or not? Who cares? Why does it matter? Details, first major content. Uh, somebody asked what the picture perfect manosphere would look like. So that's an interesting question. I don't think it's possible to make it picture perfect. If I'm being honest, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be like digging for gold. You're going to have to dig through a lot of dirt to find the gold and you're going to have to be that guy that is good at distinguishing fool's gold from fucking real gold. Um, that's that's the harsh reality of it, right? You know, if you want to get the get the good information, read the books that I talked about. Everything you need is in those four or five books that I mentioned. That's it, right? Then start applying it to your life. If you're fat, lose a weight. If you're incompetent, become competent. If you're boring, become captivating. If you're broke, become rich, right? It's really not that fucking hard. Like how many hours of blah, blah, fucking blah do you need to get your life sorted? You need to actually get on the ground and start playing the game. Uh, I'm not going to do wardrobe. Uh, Matrix reference, blue pill, red pill has always been super cringe. The same with alpha, beta. I understand when it comes trying to summarize mindset, take too far, negativity as a whole. See, this is just like one of those like mind masturbations. Like I call these sorts of conversations like red pill masturbators. And it's like trying to argue the difference between the color of a pill or the or distinguishing whether somebody's alpha or beta and i and i covered the alpha beta dichotomy in my book so why haven't you read my book right like it's 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 pretty fucking clear women are the deciders you don't get to decide you don't get to call yourself the king right the guy that calls himself the king is not the king as i said in the game of thrones series right people just look at him and they're like that motherfucker's the king so don't overcomplicate your overcomplicate the entire scenario <clears throat> All right, um, I'm going to get to the Q&A in just one sec. I'm going to grab a quick drink and a bio break and run the ad reel, and we'll get started with the Q&A. The link, again, by the way, if, if you guys want to ask a question, it's pinned in the top comment of the live YouTube chat. So click that, hop on in, and we'll uh, chop it up. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China and plastic bottles, Mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible, bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, 
and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use tactical soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. All right. So, uh, we got Mike who's asking to hop in, who has a question, but needs to leave his camera off for legal reasons. So that will be interesting. All right. What do you got for me, Mike? Hey brother. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Awesome. Um, well, firstly, uh, pleasure to be on the show, uh, from Australia. Um, so just a bit of context behind my question. So it is a mm. two part one and you'll see why in a moment. Um, so I'm 26, okay. uh, I run a company which does about five mil a year in turnover entrepreneur. Um, and I guess my question, so sorry for rambling a bit, but part one. Yeah. Yeah. Get so, to the point. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been me too. Right. Okay. Um, you know, involving the big R, I'm not going to say the word. Okay. And it's really, um, so part one of my question, it's, you know, a lot, hundreds of thousands of dollars on lawyers, etc. What do you mean by the big um, R? Uh, I don't think I should say it on YouTube. Me too. Okay. Uh, for can you way. type it in the private chat for me just so I can yeah, know what, 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 what R what word the... you're talking about? So I've been accused of that. Oh, got it. Okay. And um, yeah, I guess it's, you know, I used to be quite. With grape. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be quite uh, confident in that area of my life, interacting with women, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. but since this has happened, like I've just been very. Um... That's, hey man, that's the new world order that we live mm -hmm. in. Women, women can destroy a man without any, without any kind of evidence yeah, or it was, proof. It was. That's the exact scenario. Zero and evidence. By the way, this this is not fucking new either. Like I have a childhood friend that went from New York working in the financial segment to London. And when I visited him like 20 years ago, his his place was stacked full of hot models because that's what these loaded, you know, financial, you know, district guys have hanging around them all the time. And like I think it was 1994 five or something like that. He got me too to 1995. So me too is not a new phenomenon. It's been around for a while. Mm. Yeah. So I guess my, my question for you, the first question is what can I do personally to, uh, you know, excel in that area of life when it comes to relationships with women, because well, it's definitely caused a bit of internal, you know, an internal dilemma. I think a lot of guys kind of understand that there's a risk associated with dealing with women in any capacity. You know, it's not like, mm. even if you stay away from marriage, you still have risk exposure. Like yes. a woman can still destroy a guy that she's not married to. We already yes. know this. 
So I think one of the first things you got to do is you got to vet for red flags. Mm. Yeah, Which, looking back, this particular person. How many, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm going to put my email list below. Get on my email list if you're not on it. You'll get the red will. flag chapter for free. So how many red flags did this chick have? Um, I had only known her for about eight hours. Okay. So that was probably a bad reason to start with. Um, but I mean, let's be honest. Like you can spot the red flags within the first eight hours. You can spot like the obvious yeah, ones anyway. Probably three, three to four. Yeah. yeah. So if you're seeing three or four in eight hours, there's probably another three or four that you'll see over the course of eight more weeks, you know, dealing with yeah. it. So, so I mean, the first thing that you did wrong was you, you know, you got intimate with a chick that's got more red flags than a Chinese communist parade. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, I think that's definitely a lesson which I've learned taking into the future. Now, um, I'll only, you know, look to actually create any form of relationship, be it very short term or long term with someone that displays the opposite of, um, red flags. I think that's something after some self-diagnosis I've realized I need to do for personal growth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that kind of, leads me into part two uh i would like to link my profile for you to evaluate but i'd rather it kept private is that something we can do well if you put it in um, the private chat it's it's going to be seen by everybody in the waiting area so if i were like what do you want to send me your instagram or uh yeah just yeah so go to my instagram and dm me right now i'll grab my phone i'll take a look at whatever it is you want me to look at Thank so i'll you. just see it uh would that be the unplugged uh, alpha yeah what is it that you want me to have a look at um well it's just i'm really trying to maximize my life in all areas right now finance is that you that just said hi yes finances appearance relationship just to you know as you say just excel my life in all areas okay um yeah so i've set quite a high standard for myself like Mm -hmm. i'm on trajectory to be worth eight figures by the time I'm 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, so I think I've got finances sorted. But you got it all sorted, dude. You've got, you're, you're fucking jacked. You're good looking. You drive nice cars. You have a captivating life shown on social media. So what's the ask here? Yeah, well, it's strange because I've recently engaged in online dating since that incident happened. It kind of scared me off real life for a bit. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really been having much success. It could be due to my location, Australia, the country. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, um, and I guess I'm looking for some general feedback as to what I can really do to excel because I do have very high standards for myself. Like I'm worth a few million dollars at my age and mm-hmm. I don't think it's good enough. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. Mike, how, Mike how tall are you? <laughs> Good question. Five nine. Okay, so one thing that, that that you never want to do when you're posting photographs, I mean, five nine is not short by any stretch of the imagination. It's like the average height for the North American male, or, or or like any Western male. But I just wouldn't post photographs of you standing beside taller people. Like, there's a photograph of you here standing beside one of your mates. It's a tall Asian dude. Asian guys yeah. aren't generally taller than Caucasian guys. So it, so it amplifies, you know, maybe this guy ain't that tall. So if you're using that photograph on no, not. dating apps, then that might be problematic for you. Mm. Um, so crop out the really tall guys would be my advice. Cause it, cause it makes your height look more normalized when you're standing mm. around a bunch of other guys. Yeah. Okay. And in general, um, due to, the nature of the company, which I run funnily enough, it's on the internet, but I totally 
flew from one end of the country to the other to run this company. Um, and yeah, I do not have any friends by the people I work with. So what would your advice be in regards to networking with, you know, do you own your business? Desire? Yes. Why don't you find the chapter in your city for entrepreneurs organization and join it? It's like 80% male. They're all successful entrepreneurs. A lot of them are, are, are plugged in betas though, right? Like you'll sit at a table and they'll be like, well, you know, happy wife, happy life sort of thing. But mm, you'll um, find the odd guy in the group that's like a red pill alpha, you know, that you can probably befriend and hang out with. So that would be a place that I would go to in the city that you live at. If there's a chapter for EO, sign up for it. I don't know. It's a few thousand dollars a year. Get into a forum. Um, it'll, it'll certainly help your business, but it'll be a, a very good network. Like I'm still very good friends with a lot of guys that I used to chill with back in EO Toronto, right? Mm, yeah, no, thanks for the advice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess just considering a uh, last question, I'll let other people hop in in a moment. Um, just what would your advice be for someone like me? I guess I'm when I self evaluate myself, because I'm very critical because I want mm. all the success of the world. Um, and I guess in terms of finances, I guess that's going reasonably well. But in terms of like other areas of maximizing your, yourself as a man, like what would you suggest based on our brief discussion? What would you suggest that I do work on? Because when I look at myself internally, well, I'm pretty happy. Look, with I think, I think uh, obviously like the most important thing that we got to have a conversation with is the fact that you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars into a, a, a false charge, a false great uh, charge. And it's, that's the result of you inviting crazy into your life. Yeah. Um, you don't look like you don't strike me as the kind of guy that struggles with, um, you know, getting women into the bedroom once they have an interest in you. Right. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. So, so what's, who cares if it's notch number, you know, 11, 21, 317 or, or 2000, like, like why, like why expose yourself to that risk for like, you know, 20 yeah. seconds of blah, pleasure sort of thing. Like, just like, don't, don't do that thing again. That will make yeah. your life more easy, lucrative and fun, you know, for being honest. Yeah, no, I definitely realized that after this has happened to me, um, yeah. that's definitely, I'm no longer looking for any one night stand. I'm sure you know what that means. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's an absolute 0% chance. Um, but yeah, I guess in terms of meeting the types of, you know, females, if we're talking about that, because I've got a very strong network uh, back in my hometown of men, mm -hmm. uh, not that strong in my new city. But in terms of females, like, how would you go about meeting in real life? Like, what type I'll tell you of what, Mike, you've, you've asked some good questions. And I want to be respectful to the other guys that are waiting to come in and ask some yeah. questions. You clearly don't have a problem with money. There's there's a link to my website. If you go to my website, you can book me for private consults and we can dive into it for like half an hour to an hour. You can just book 30 minutes if you want. It's up to you. Yeah, sure thing. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, All right, Rich. man. Thanks. All right. Um, yeah, I just want to kind of keep things moving along. I usually do no more than 10 to 15 minutes per person. So um, yeah, that's just how I kind of roll it. Hey, Rich, are you familiar with the five laws of stupidity by Carlo Scipiola? It repels bad people. Five laws of stupidity. Let's let's take a quick look here. The five laws. Oh, comes up right away as soon as you type the five. All right. If this is a long ass blog post, I'm not reading it. I need I need the summary here. So let's see what we got. 
Okay, well, it's summarized nicely. So the five laws of stupidity for those that are wondering now, as I am. Uh, law number one, everyone is always and inevitably underestimates the number of stupid people in circulation. Yeah. Um, Robert Greene said that idiots are like rocks. They're like a part of life. They're just everywhere sort of thing. You just have to learn how to deal with them. So I agree with that. Law two, the probability that a person is stupid is independent of any other characteristic of that person. <laughs> they have they have pictures of George Bush underneath that law. Agreed. Law three, uh, a stupid person is a person who causes losses to another person or group of people when he or she does not benefit or may even suffer losses. Agreed. Uh, what was the fourth law? Non-stupid people always underestimate the destructive power of stupid individuals. It's true. You know, like you're going to learn your lesson. Um, stupid people can do some some serious damage, right? I mean, <laughs> look at our prime minister in Canada. Uh, law number five, a stupid person is the most dangerous type of person. Um, maybe. Maybe an envious or jealous person could be pretty dangerous too. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think that's a reasonable list, man. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, all right. So I think let's go to the private chat and see who we got in here next. I think Josh had a question. Uh, all right, Josh, what do you got for me, man? How are you Walter? doing, Mr. Cooper? Doing good, Walter. How are you doing? Can I call you Walter? You're goddamn right. All right. <laughs> what do you got for me tonight, man? What are the signs of virginity in women? What are the signs of virginity in women? Well, you really need me to spell that out for you, my friend. Are you the same guy that called in the other week asking about the wife school, Josh? Yes. Same Josh. Okay. <laughs> um, so why are you asking? So let's start with that. I'm just curious, and I was asking potentially on the behalf of any other viewer that might be watching your podcast, whether it's here, now, future, right. whatever. So women that have a low notch count don't have a lot of experience in life. They don't know a lot of people. They haven't traveled around a lot. They still live with their parents. Um, you have to look at their lifestyle habits, right? Mm. Like you just can't flat out say, hey, are you a virgin? You could, no. but you're probably not going to get the answer. You might lie. She might lie. She might lie too, right? So it's so it's always better to watch their behavior rather than to get direct to questions like that. Oh yeah, yeah. so you know, like let, let's say she's twenty eight. You know, you're out for a coffee, you're on a date. Cool. So you know what have you been up to? You know what you do last summer? Just let her talk. If you shut up and let a chick talk, she will tell you everything you need to know. Women love right. talking about themselves, mm -hmm. right? So just ask her questions and let her talk about herself. You know, like, where have you traveled to? Where's your favorite place to travel? Oh, yeah, what'd you guys do there? How long were you there for? You know, what's your living situation like? Do you have roommates? Do you live with your parents? You know, like, you can ask them questions to get an idea of, like, what their lifestyle is like. Yeah. There's, of, there's, of course, obvious red flags that are just visual. Like, uh, is she covered in tattoos and piercings? Like, women that look like that are generally quite promiscuous. The more mm. tats and piercings they have, the more they've generally sort of been around, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Richard. All right, my friend. We'll see you later. See ya. Cheers. All right. Uh, we did Mike. Let's do uh, DL Saint. DL. What's good, brother? How you feeling? Good to see you. My airborne, man. What's up, dude? Oh, man. You know, it was a long time ago, brother. That was in another world. Um, my hips still remind me of that world every single night. Uh, <laughs> knees, ankles, all that. But uh, yeah, airborne world, baby. So just a few things for you, man. Thanks, thanks for having uh, taking my call, bro. I really appreciate it. 
Um, just I, I wrote three uh, quick notes while you were talking, especially mm-hmm. about the man, the man of swamp. I, I saw you. I saw that clip on. Or I saw the whole stream of you and uh, brother Michael. That was a, that was a good one, bro. When I, that's Michael Sartain. Sartain, yeah. Yeah, that dude's like, all right, man. You know, he's you know he's a good guy. Yeah, I think he might be the next one. You know, it's always in in, in that in that genre. There's always a new. Well, he's got the podcast cat. table. He's got the girls. He's all the girls, the girls are done up. They have all the work done with the tits and the lips and the hair and everything like that. So you'll get eyeballs Vegas, on that. Absolutely, and it's Vegas, it is baby. What it Takes the pressure off of Miami because they're like, oh, you got all these Miami women. Like, well, Vegas, L.A., New York, it's all the same. It's probably the same in Toronto, Montreal, Whatever. wherever you go. Right, wherever you go. But what was that song the- by Tupac? Everywhere I go, I see the same hoe. Same hoe, man. No matter where Tupac I go, or was that Biggie? I see it. Uh, no, I was. That was. Uh, I was Pac. Every was other Pac, video, right? no matter where I go, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I was Pac. I see the same hoe. I see the same hoe. And, and Luda yeah. did one too, talking about uh, hoes. Uh, Ludacris did one. It's called hoes. Yeah, I sent no. that to you. <laughs> but anyway, here we go. Another um, time. Yeah, another time. Or, or, or when is it all about the men? Are men just too weak today? Was my first question, and, and, and I'm gonna say it real quick, and I, you can just tell me what you think about it. Because it seems to me that women are easier today. We're talking about just just having sex, just smashing. It's easier today than it was 20 years ago. I mean, I'm, I'll be 52. It's definitely years. easier today. Yeah, I'll be 52 next week. And I went out just, you know, just sometimes I go out, just, I want to see what these guys are talking about, right? I go out, I'm like, can you curse on this? I'm like, what the, what Lightly. the F-bomb? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, what the F-bomb is <laughs> all these dudes? What's going on? Is It's simple almost. So, yeah. uh, and then it, it was like, um, why is it? And these are three things, just real quick in succession. The third one is like, why do these guys refuse? Well, let's to do one at a time. Ground rules. Okay, one at a time. Are, so, are men weaker today? Yes, absolutely. They're one hundred percent weaker than what they were twenty five years ago. When I was, when I was in elementary school, you could use the R word. You could walk up to your friend right in front of the teacher and be like, "Yo, what's up, R word?" Right. And they and nothing would happen. You can't right. even say that today. Okay. They they have gender neutral bathrooms in elementary school, something we never had before. If somebody was acting outside of the conventional, traditional conservative norms, they would be made fun of. You can't do that today, right? So I think bullying probably is is what kept a lot of culture and society in line back in those days. And the removal of bullying from the schoolyard or like schooling and and society and culture trying to equalize a playing field and make everybody equal and make everybody the same. They want you all fucking vanilla. You're not allowed to be different. You're not allowed to have, you know, like different colors, different emotions, different whatever. Like you can't wear certain things anymore, right? It's like now they want you all to be the same. Stand on your fucking dots, take your, you know, take your jabs, follow the rules. You know, like they've been trying to get us to do the last couple of years. So when you do that to men, you know, you wean out the dangerous, risk-taking, testosterone-fueled boy that turns into a man, right? When I was a kid in school, like, you know, the playgrounds freeze here in the wintertime, obviously, in Toronto. You'd see a puddle. It would freeze overnight. You'd be like, awesome. And you take a run and you slide across, see how fast you could go. And you you and your friends would keep doing that and keep doing that to see who would fly, fly the farther. You can't do that in schoolyards today. Teachers come up to you and they say, don't do that. And they put a fucking cone on it. And they say, you're not allowed to do that. Why? Because, because it's too dangerous? Because because one kid wiped out and got a fucking scrape and then the parent threatened to you know, sue the school. So now there's a fucking cone there because we have to pussify everything. It's the same thing with cars. You know, if you look at cars 20, 30 years ago, the design language, you know, the design architecture, they were very different. Sports cars were prominent. They were very masculine. 
Now, somebody sent me this meme the other day. I shared it on uh, Twitter, and it was a picture of every single SUV that every car manufacturer makes, all the way from Mercedes down to Kia, in white, in the exact same paint scheme. And they all look nearly identical. They're fucking vanilla boxes. They're boring as shit. Fortunately, they still make some supercars, but you have to make money to go and buy those, right? But the vast, like they want you all conforming to the same color, the same style. They want you pussified. So that's the direction that culture and society is taking us, which is why we have softer, weaker men now. We also have a lot of men today that have been raised in single mother households, um, which wasn't as prominent 20, 30 years ago. All, all of my friends in school, you go hang out with them, you go to their parents' house, their parents were there. There was almost no divorce households. There was almost no single mothers raising kids. Um, and I was in a middle class sort of neighborhood, right? But right. today, most kids are raised in a single parent household. And Damn. when they say single parent, what that means is single mom, because women still get 80% of the custody orders or single moms that are having children out of wedlock, being knocked up by Chad or Tyrone, doesn't matter you know, who it is, but she's just carrying the seed of the alpha, pops them out, and then she goes on a dating site, sometimes pregnant, looking for the next fucking, you know, beta male to take care of her problems that, you know, she created for herself. So guys are weak, which is why you see the man of swamp today as big as it is today, which is why you see, you know, these um, podcast shows with all the gals sitting at the table, which is why you see gals sitting at the table coming in the man of swamp, getting the attention and resources of men, because there's a lot of weak, like these guys are simping. There is no other way to put it other than if you're sitting there watching one of these gals on YouTube trying to tell you how to be a man, you're simping. Like you look at the comments and they're like, they're clearly simping, Dang. right? So is that a problem? Yeah, but the good news is, guys, it's very easy to stand out from that fucking crowd. Yes. You know, Which is like, why it's easier to smash, right? That's why it's easier to get women. 70% of the population doesn't have a healthy BMI. They just don't. They're overweight. So the first thing is just don't be fat. Like, don't be overweight. And you'll stand out from the vast majority of the crowd. Okay, good. Now that you got that, get some style. Cool. Now that you got that, go to the gym, uh, pick up a, a fighting sport, you know, become uh, competent in that sense. Cool. Now you got some money, make more money, got more money, become more captivating, do fun shit, take fun trips, invite gals and, you know, in your world to do so. It's really easy to get women when you're, when you've got all the, you know, the, you know, the six sixes sort of but, checked but off. Just a couple of them, really. I mean, I, I tell a lot of these guys, I'm like, bro, just be confident, man. Go in there. You know, they're worried about designer clothes. Well, that's like, what bro. the P well, that's what the PUA say, right? Like the PUAs uh, are just like, just make the approach, be, you know, be confident and you'll, and you'll get the, the date, you'll get the, you know, the lay, whatever. And it's like, that works for some guys. And maybe they do get what they're looking for that one time. But if your success ratio is like, you know, you're making 50 approaches and you're getting one number and maybe like, I don't know, 10 or 20% of the time that turns into a date or maybe a intimacy sort of segment. Is she going to stick around if you have roommates and you play video games and you're a stoner and you're 31 working at Walmart? Excellent Probably point, right. not. Nah, she done. You have to have the rest. You're absolutely right, bro. And that's so, okay. And then, so that leads to women being easier because it's not much, they're all competing for the same dudes. Like you said, like here in America, what it's like, yeah, 75% of Americans are either overweight or obese. Yeah. You know what I mean? So 25% you're there. The last one was, um, why is it that men refuse to accept these new ground rules? I, I talk to these guys all the time to the point where I'm, I'm sick of talking it's, to some of them. Because it's easier to complain than it is to do the work. It's easier to be a little bitch and complain about the card that you've been dealt. And a lot of guys make up reasons why they're upset. 
they're upset because they don't have hair. They they have the wrong skin color. They're not tall enough. Their bone structure, like there's legitimate. So this is one of the problems with the Mano Swamp is there's legitimate channels that prey on persuadable guys to adopt the losers quitters mindset, which is which is good for guys doing the work. Okay, because it because then there's less competition out there, but they don't need to accept that. You don't need to accept failure. I know lots of short guys that get plenty of ladies. I know lots of guys with many different colored skin that do fine with ladies. Some have more of a struggle depending on where they live and the demographics, but they can still kind of navigate through it. It's like you do the best that you can. You're losing your hair. Shave your fucking head. You can grow a nice beard. Grow a nice beard and trim it out. Right. Like have a look. You know, don't be fat, like stay fit, hi, right? Look good. It's it's not that difficult. You know, you just sort of max out, but that's but that's a large and growing demographic, right? Like that's like that's a problem. Yeah, I'm gonna stay in the fight, brother. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm gonna take up uh your mantle. I'm, I'm gonna start calling it the mental swamp as well. I've been trying to be nice, but being nice isn't working. I'm gonna have to keep the hardcore like that airborne shit behind me. And let, let, last thing before I go, my cousin, you talk about women being harder and stuff like that. My cousin, she's well to do, very beautiful. She was looking for a new car. Mm-hmm. I'm going with her. She she's hunting for a a BMW M850 competition. We get into the car and we start it up. And I'm like, no, get out. Get out of this car. You can't have this. You, you want to talk about a machine, bro. Uh, I, I think it would have kept up with you and that McLaren. I think it's uh, 600 and it came stock 620 horsepower, I think. 615 or something like that. Yeah, that's an M8. Yeah. yeah, the, the M8 That's a lot of cars. That's not a girl's car. Oh, man. She went, She got an M850. But I, I was okay, able to so talk her out of the competition. Okay, so that's a step below the M8, though. Yeah, I, I was able to talk her out of it. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't get this one over It's here. still a lot of car. I mean... It's a lot of cars. She got a great deal. I mean, right now the, the bottom fell out, so she was able to get you know her price and everything. But but here it is. This is a woman getting this vehicle. How old is she? Uh she won't want me to tell her, but she don't know. She age is. range thirty three five. No, she's just hitting her forties. Where's she do you for know a living? Uh she is. She's very well off. She's so, in telecommunications. She's very yeah. well off. She's doing it. She is definitely into six figures. She's probably making 200 oh, grand plus. Well, right? well, yeah, well, north yeah. of six figures. Yeah. And, there's lots of, there's lots of really successful, you know, 40 year old women. They got degrees in their wall, framed in mahogany. She married, she have kids. Nah, she's doing, no, nah, she's nah, been nah, chasing nah. excellence then. Right. Yes. She's been chasing she's, excellence. She's, she's one of the candidates for Kevin Samuels. I don't understand why I can't get a high value man. Well, maybe and I can I think a Rolo when I when I, I think a Rolo and it's it's more she's become the man she wants possibly one of those kind of things. Well, that's what a lot of women do, right? They you know they 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 set this image for themselves on what attraction is, and then they completely forget that women are beauty objects, and that if there's an older guy that's you know forty five years old and he's got his money sorted out and he has a choice between a boss babe making a quarter million dollars a year driving a BMW eight fifty i nice car you know, by the way, probably has her life together. You know, you said she's beautiful, so I trust you. That's great. But if there's a 28-year-old that's hotter and he's got his money sorted out, he's he's probably going to go for the younger one. Like, why wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah, right? you can't so, compete against your young. I tell that to people. So it's too, a like, tough market for the gals, right? It's very difficult. I'm like, look, as fine as you are, as much as you've done, you can't compete with your 28-year-old self. Yeah, they'll you get. Know, your 18-year-old self. You can't do it. Yeah, like a 45-year-old woman that's got her shit together will get a 55, 60-year-old guy. Right? But even those guys are fewer and far between, right? Because as you get older, guys start to fall apart. There's very few. I don't know that many in-shape guys that are like 55, 60. It's not a lot of us, bro. Even I'm chubby. I'm like skinny fat. I got to keep force myself to get up 
and do the push-ups and go keep, into the gym. Keep keep putting in the reps, man. Like, you know, for you me to look to. like this, dude, I fight two times a week. I have a, a trainer twice a week. I throw in an extra workout during the week. I do a lot of walking. And right? diet. Diet, too. You know, my diet styled in. You know, my girl's an excellent fucking culinary. Like, she, like she knows how to put shit together. She's in shape, too. So it's like, I don't have to worry about that part of my life, right? This is not easy to accomplish. Like, trust me, this is almost like a full-time job for me to do this shit. <laughs> yeah, the older we get, it gets that way, bro. And uh, Therapeutic and, and, testosterone, the peptides, the vitamins, the supplements, all this shit. All that good shit, man. Yo, and I appreciate the talk, man. I, I grew up on the other side of that. You're, I'm, the, I'm like the polar opposite of the way you came up. But here's the thing, it doesn't matter. And I tell these all these dudes, you know, fuck the excuses, man. Y'all got to get out there and get after it, man. You got to get in the trenches. And these dudes are afraid to engage, man. Point blank, period. Last question I want to ask you. Real talk, there are a lot of people coming to the Wano Swap just to just basically to rip these guys off, just like the women on the other side are ripping yeah. them off. You know what I mean? There are guys out there who are really trying to help these dudes out. Um, do you think it's wrong uh, to set a business model in the Wano Swamp right now, just morally speaking? Everybody's got something to sell, right? I mean, I look, I was already financially successful before I started up YouTube. Uh, my business still runs, you know, the like the main business that I set up 20 years ago now. It's, it's going to be 20 years old in uh, February of uh, 2023. Congratulations, um, bro. Thanks. Very uncommon feat, um, you know, if you look at the stats. But anyway, um, yeah, I just started doing videos for fun because I wanted to do car videos with entrepreneurs and people were asking me about life problems, uh, you know, like talk about the kind of women to avoid dating, started talking about that sort of shit, then sort of unpack my own wounds and made them my work on the channel. I did that for quite a while. I mean, now you'll go to YouTube and you'll have like a brand new channel. The guy's like, you know, buy my new course on becoming a pickup artist or sign up for my new how to run a harem of 20 bitches, you know, sort of thing. And it's like, uh, okay, well, there's that, you know, like, you know, on one side of the scale, you got the girls looking for the attention and the money and the super chats and all that. And the other side of the scale, you got the guys like, I'll, you know, like I'll teach you how to bed, you know, 1000 women like I did, or I'll teach you how to um, run a harem of 20 chicks. And like the customers that they're, that they're selling these courses to, they're the same guys that you're dealing with. You know, they're socially awkward, you know, they're overweight, they don't make a lot of money, they're insignificant, they don't have a captivating life. Like, you fix all of those things. Like once you, once you understand what women are attracted to, like women, what women really respond to, you don't need to play games. You don't need to memorize lines. You don't need to buy courses. It's like, they're kind of easy. Like, like it's not that difficult. Just stay away from the psychopaths. Stay away from the ones with the red flags. Like the last dude that, you know, has a false grape allegation thing. Like, you know, you see, she's got five red flags. I don't, I don't care. I don't care how big her tits are or how good she looks or whatever it is that's like drawing you in, right? Like there'll be another one. There's another bus that comes along. Like just pass. Let her become somebody other, somebody else's problem. But it's only when you're thirsty and it's only when, you know, you chase women too much. That's why when I was talking earlier, there's two kinds of guys that you can't trust, right? Guys that are always chasing girls to try to get laid. And there's always the other guys that just can't get laid. Cause they'll throw you under the bus for anything. Right. So every single time when that becomes an obsession and you make it your life, that's when I see it as a problem. And it's like, okay, dude, like what color is your McLaren? You know, and Andrew Tate's word sort of thing. Like, why aren't you fucking like chasing other things in life other than just pussy? Right. And I, I quote you all the time, man, chase excellence. That's the, the, one of the things I tell these guys, I'm like, look, bro, you know what I mean? You got to chase excellence. Women are, that's a byproduct. Women are a byproduct. Of They're that a byproduct of, of you doing the work. 
And they love that. It doesn't matter. They're not the goal. They are the accessory. And if they're the goal, they're going to run your pockets, bro. Like, again, I came up from the streets, man. Like, I tell these guys, when it comes to women, it's like money. All money ain't good money. And you know what I'm talking about. I I don't know how many times you get hit up by people who want to give you money just so you can talk to them or go on their platform. And I know you say no. All money ain't good money. All women yeah. ain't good women. If she, like you said, if she's hot or whatever, there's another one right around the corner. And I'll leave you with this. For these young guys, I'm a 52-year-old man. I can still get out there and run my game. I had a woman who woke up the next morning, and she said, um, you know that game you used, that line you used on me was real corny. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she paused for a moment, and she said, as I tell you this, in my bed the next morning. I'm like, exactly. You feel for the corny game, baby. Mm-hmm. No, I'll see you tomorrow. All right, man. <laughs> I'll see you later, okay? Peace. Thanks, buddy. Uh, let's get Brendan on here. How much time we got? Maybe like 10 more minutes. Brendan, go. What do you got for me tonight? Yo, what's up, man? Uh, can you there hear you me? Yeah. Good. I'm going to pick this up. Um, just picked up your book, read the whole thing um, awesome. in a day. Found you like maybe like three, five days ago. Um, oh, that was quick. Okay. Yeah. Um, How did you like the book? I I really liked it. Currently, I've been through a breakup that mm-hmm. was involving the cops, involving cheating, and, and this is kind of like a first like real love of mine. And um, it, it helped me to like get a new perspective on the whole situation, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of see it differently. There's still days, even today, where I'm still going through like all that pain. Mm-hmm. But um, just like rehearing all the, your content and also just chasing the excellence, like what people have been talking about has been uh, been helping. Um, and I got a, What's a music production. You got a question? Yeah. Um, how do you how do you continue going through that and just really staying on top of your life, even though it's so painful with with a heartbreak like that? How long did you date the girl for? Seven months. So the theory is it takes another seven months for you to fully get over. It gets better over time. So you've been with a chick for seven years. She'll be on your mind for seven fucking years for a lot of guys. Right. The thing is, is that, you know, like it goes from thinking of, you know, thinking about her constantly after you just break up with her to like, you know, a couple months down the road, it's like, ah, maybe she crosses your mind because you see something or there's a, a song that comes on the radio that sort of like, clicks and you're like oh that was our song sort of thing but you'll forget about her you know look man it's just part of becoming a man um you read my book so you know about the notion of war brides and how it's a lot easier for women to get over a guy than it is for a guy to get over a, a gal right because women are conditioned to adapt to new circumstances very quickly throughout history you know they've always been that way but guys usually die or they get incarcerated or they're killed off or they're put into slavery so we're not conditioned to sort of deal with breakups the way that, you know, women are women adapt very quickly. So it's always going to be harder for you. You know, it's just a reality of life. Like, Hey man, welcome to becoming a fucking adult, pay your taxes, (laughs) you know, get some chick to break your heart and cheat on you and do some dumb shit, get mad about it, read a book, go to the gym, smash weights, learn how to fight, lose weight, look better, get a better gal. That's, you know, better than one that uh, left you. Right. Like your best revenge is going to be to fix your life and put yourself in a position where you're the one that is going to be leaving problem women, not them choosing to leave you because they monkey branch over to the next guy because of their hypergamy, right? They find, you know, Chad who happens to be the better option sort of thing, right? That's all it is. You know, you just kind of look at it. 
to step, you know, just take a step back and be like, all right, see the forest for the trees now. Let's fix this shit. So, Absolutely. So now this is the let's fix the shit sort of phase. So it's the go and do the work now. Yep. Just uh, maxing out. Um, hit, never, the never forget time. the lessons that you learned, though. Like never go back and make the same mistakes. Never lower your standards. Never look past, you know, the red flags that are in the red flag chapter below. Again, you know, you, you guys can get the book, read the book, or you can get the chapter for free here. But do do the proper vetting and put yourself in a scenario where you're going to be in a much better position to make selections when it comes to dating women. And you know, like instead of dating one gal, you're gonna have six plates spinning. And three of them are are gonna be like, at some point, Brendan, I really dig your vibe. I want to claim you. I don't want to share you. Where do we stand? And you're going to be like, holy shit, I've actually got three options this time. Last time I barely had one and I was chasing her ass down. Imagine that. Imagine your life changing in such a way because you've done the work on yourself and you've leveled yourself up and you've done all the things that need to be done where you can now be like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to pick her because she's the best choice. Right. And definitely that book, you guys should definitely check it out. Like the outline of everything, like you just got to read Thank it. Um, the, uh, there's, there's one red flag that I actually didn't realize was a red flag, but like which one? avoid the unhappy and unlucky. Yeah. And the uh, very first law number thing 10 I noted, from the 48 laws of power. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to read that one too, but she posted something like when we first were hanging out that, Oh, I broke my phone. I'm so upset. I can't get the new phone replacement. And that was like a something I noticed, but mm -hmm. it, it didn't really occur to me that that was kind of a sign that I'm unhappy. I'm unlucky. Like it's, it's definitely in an indicator. Way. It's a leading indicator, but you know, watch them pile up, right? Like data, yeah. hang out with her. If you like her, you know, you get along sort of thing. I mean, if you see the unhappy, unlucky stuff piling up and it's like, fuck, every time I hang out with this chick, it's like, there's a cloud over her. And it's always gloomy and raining. And there's some bullshit going on in her life or she's complaining about somebody that she works with constantly unhappy and unlucky, right? Like that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. Get in a long-term relationship with a chick like that. You want to make her the mother of your kids. Do it if you want. Just understand that you're inviting complex issues into your life. Yeah, it was already way too complex already. So I definitely appreciate, like in my 20s right now, just focusing on yourself, making yourself all of those primary all focus. of those better gals. By the way, Brendan, for you to have the option to invite them into your life, you have to become better than them. Because remember, women only date across and up on the socioeconomic scale. So if you're going to find a chick that has very little to no red flags, more feminine. She's more beautiful than the last girl that you had. Um, you know, she's got a lower notch count. You have to be a, a more valuable version than you are today to get that girl, to, you know, to have her in your life to do things with her over a long-term basis if that's what you're looking for, right? Like if you're the girlfriend kind of guy. Absolutely. Right? So Absolutely. don't just set the boundaries and raise your standards. You have to raise the standards for yourself so that when you show up next time, like... What's what's one thing that you got to do for yourself to improve your SMV right now? Uh, get out of debt. Okay. Uh, what else? But I'll exercise. Like I want to lose fat, get get more bulk. That's more, the obvious one that I'm seeing, right? Because I don't know what your money yeah. situation is like, but with your camera on, you're carrying a little mm -hmm. bit of body weight. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually that, that's a really high priority. Um, past yeah. like month, I've been running every day. I got a wrist injury, so gonna get back into the gym soon when that's good but also surfing cool all right my man 
get out there and do the work. And by the way, guys, if you've read the book as well, the greatest honor that you can do for me is leave a written review on Amazon and just let other guys know that you've gotten value out of reading it. Definitely will do, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, dude. See ya. All right, let me get these super chats here. Whew. I knew this was probably going to be a little bit of a longer one, so that's why I started early. Um, five laws. We did that guy. Bullying is a good thing. Keeps men men. I agree. Uh, like, you have to test men. You have to test the resilience. And when you bubble wrap them and you helicopter parent them, they end up being relatively, you know, weak and soft as they get older, right? Uh, super chat here. What do you think about hitting up chicks at the gym? I asked because I compare it to dating a coworker. I see the same woman in there all the time around the same time. The gym is my second home. Look, there's a lot of gals that go to the gym that are single. Um, you know, they often say there's no single women, you know, there's women talking to guys or might be involved with a guy, or it could be complex or it could be a situation ship or some shit like that. Um, but usually a good indicator is she's more dressed up maybe wearing a little bit of makeup or more than just a little bit of makeup and exposing herself in such a way that would get the attention of guys approach them. Hey, uh, you know, you almost done with that machine and then just start, just start talking to her. You know, I've seen you around here. How do you like those earbuds that you're using? Blah, 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 sort of thing. And just open up a conversation. And if she's responsive, a good indication is if, if she digs your vibe and she's responsive, she'll start talking to you. What's your name? Oh, do you live around here? She'll, like, she'll ask you questions, right? Or she won't. I mean, like, you'll know. It'll be obvious. If she likes you, you will know. If she doesn't like you, you will know. Uh, Del Vicio. Thank you. Generous super chat. He says, I'm a Leo supervisor and have experience. I have respect for those I lead and am viewed as competent. I have issues with those above me who don't have the experience. We don't see eye to eye. Do I need an attitude change or tolerate these poor leaders? <clears throat> Look, you're going to have incompetent people in positions in corporations. Um, I would estimate in the last corporate gig that I had in my 20s, at least half of the leadership above me was just, they were just dopes. They were just... Um, what do you do? Well, you can either just suck it up, buttercup, and sort of keep you know, trucking along, or you can go and find yourself, uh, you know, a competitor to go work for or a similar sort of line of work. Uh, look, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of running your own business, becoming an entrepreneur. Um, if you're newer to me and what I do, I have a, a course in the school of entrepreneurship where I, where I teach you the very best skills, tools, and tactics that entrepreneurs use to create businesses that are fun, easy, and lucrative. They generally have subscription revenue. You can run them from anywhere in the world. Um, the vast majority of people set up businesses that are hard, annoying, frustrating, not very profitable. You're always eating what you kill. You're exchanging time for money. So in my course, which by the way, if you guys are on the email list, you'll get notified. It opens up next week. So quick plug. The course opens for enrollment. Um, on the 27th to the public on the 26th, if you're on my email list, you'll be offered an early bird opportunity at a discount with, if you pay with crypto. So get on my list, if that's of interest to you, um, it'll, it'll be open for only a few days. Uh, and then that'll be it. And then we'll be doing the, uh, 
Zoom calls in the new year. The lectures, there's about five hours of lectures. There's probably a lot more now because I keep adding new content. I'm one of those guys that, you know, like I'll, I'll put course material out and then I'll sell it to my audience. And then if there's new stuff that needs to be added, because people ask for, like in my school of entrepreneurship, there was a, there's a few guys that have asked for uh, best ways to retain staff, like, like trying to handcuff staff to their business. Um, so I'll add a new lecture. There's no extra charge. It's just anybody new that comes in gets it sort of thing. Cause that's the kind of guy that I am. Like that's how I run my shit. So long story short, you're, you're always going to have problems being this guy working in a corporation. There's always going to be dipshits you're going to have to put up with. There's going to be corporate red tape. There's just dumb stuff to put up with. There's going to be wokeness. There's going to be, why don't you have pronouns in your bio? There's going to be all kinds of crap. You want to circumvent all that. And you don't want to deal with problems create your own business. Um, that's why I put the school of entrepreneurship together. It's, it's a mindset course that shifts you away from being a cog in the wheel. And also when you start up a business, not starting up the kind of business that's going to suck, that you're going to end up hating, you know, three, four years down the road. It's the kind of business that is essentially going to give you a license to print money and you can do it from anywhere in the world. So yeah, there's that. Um, Ryan G, there's a 40 minute lecture about Ayn Rand philosophy, and I believe it's one of the most valuable minutes. It's called Introduction to Objectivism. Yeah, I've I've watched a couple of interviews with her. I may have even seen that one. Um, she's a smart cookie. Moff's doing a stereo show is back again in January. Um, so I think we're gonna kind of wind down, man, because it's like it's getting close to the holidays. I've already done seven hours of talking. My voice is kind of fucked, if I'm being honest. Um Next Monday is tied into the hall. What's next Monday? It's the 26th. It's Boxing Day. So I won't be on the podcast next Monday, but I think I've got, I got my old business coach. I'm trying to line up a date with him to do a plane to win podcast on the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel. Um, he's always interesting to talk to and he's got some good insight into the business community. Just put out a brand new book again. I think it's his fifth book now. So I'm going to try to get him booked in for next week. So keep an eye out for that announcement. And I think with that being said, I'm going to run an outro reel and we'll wrap. All right, guys, if you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses, my book, The Unplugged Alpha, community, or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit Total Debt Freedom. .ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pinned comment on YouTube for all the links mentioned during the show. Peace.